joining me, everybody. Charles Moskowitz, um, Christopher John Pjorkness is my guest. He's the author of many interesting books, uh, among them um, Premonitions of the Holocaust, The Jewish Genocide of Armenian Christians, Einstein's Racism Exposed. Um, Christopher, you know, I, I get the sense that, um, you know, your research is similar to mine and that your heart's in the right place. You're trying to understand the uh, forces in the uh, in the world that are trying that are moving us in the direction and have moved us in the direction of war, of, of genocide, depression, and some of the other forces that seem to be out of the control of, of everyday people, and that um, there certainly is a lot going on underneath the hood, so to speak, with that regard. And for that, I, I admire your work, but. Um, I really do take issue with the, the focus on a Jewish conspiracy. Well, um, I wouldn't call it an issue. I would call it uh, something that if you disagree, we can discuss it. And yeah. if you have points uh, in contradiction to what I've said, I'd be glad to listen to what you say. And perhaps you can refute what I've said. Right. OK, because, um, you know, I'm the author of a book called Was Hitler a Leftist? And I think that you took a look at that. And, and I'm author of other books as well, in that I'm very critical of, in those books, of people who uh, have been called revolutionary Jews. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of E. Michael Jones. He wrote the book, The Revolutionary Jewish Spirit, where he talks about this with the contention that the Jews are a revolutionary movement that's in rebellion because they murdered, killed Christ. And thus we're, we're constantly subverting the order, what he calls the Logos ever since. And that he puts the, the Bolshevik movement and the communist movement as a Jewish movement. And um, that's something that was a perception. And that, look, I think that speaking here as a Jew, and I, I've talked about this in very controversial in Jewish circles, very controversial, in that I do believe that the Jewish people need to come to grips with the fact that a large percentage of the communist movement did involve Jews and that it still involves Jews and that the Jews still have a little soft spot for communism. Some do, certainly not the majority. And that uh, this was a perception in Europe that the Jews were behind the Bolshevik revolution and that that was a, a revolution that not only brought into political power with the most heinous and the most bloodthirsty regime ever known to mankind historically. But there was this very strange phenomena of how the rest of the establishment world, I mean, even in the United States, they either turned a blind eye to it, or they even looked upon it and said, oh, this is great. This is progress. We had Lincoln Steffens, an American reporter, go to Moscow and come back and say, I've seen the future and it works. And um, Whereas average people in Europe specifically who were living under the yoke of this evil, heinous regime that had murdered three, four million people before Hitler even got started, they knew better. And that Hitler was, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he started out as a communist. Anyway, what say you? Well, I'm not here to defend E. Michael Jones, and I am not a religious person. Uh, I don't think he's alone in his belief in the Logos, which is uh, the spirit of Jesus Christ. And it's the word that was used for spirit uh, 
from the foundations of Christianity. Uh, I don't take that kind of a religious perspective on it, and I agree with you that um, it's not the best way to view things. But he's fully capable of defending himself, and I think his book, The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit, contains a great deal that's very uh, well-researched, well-documented, and useful. In terms of my own views, uh, I think that there are reasons why people assert that Jews were heavily involved in communism and the guiding force behind it, and also as a vengeful force perpetrating those millions of murders. And the murders, I think, extended beyond direct murders of executions of the bourgeoisie and the intelligentsia to the mass, deliberate mass starvation of tens of millions of people by the time that Hitler had come to power. And the figures that were tossed around at the time were 30 million dead. So people, not only Jews, had a great uh, consternation that they were to be blamed for these heinous crimes, but other people had a, a horrific consternation that this red terror would spread around the globe as Lenin and Trotsky pledged to do. Well, look, I mean, the, the Holodomor against Ukraine resulted in the starvation of millions of people. It was the most evil, the most heinous, the most systematic regime ever the world had seen up until that point when it took power in, in 1918. And that there were some very prominent people involved in it who were at least Jewish in their ancestry. They had, I think, for the most part, renounced Judaism. They were at war with Judaism as much as they were at war with Christianity and freedom. They had become communists, people like Trotsky, people like the head of the, um, the, the Russian Cheka, who I think was a, was, had Jewish background. My contention here is that, yes, these people were Jews in terms of ethnically, but they were not, they were at war with, they were part of the subversion of Judaism that started, I would point to, with a, a false messiah in the 17th century named Tantes V, and that this subverted Judaism, they were enemies of Judaism, even though they were Jews ethnically, and that they started this ball rolling with this secretive shape-shifting societies, and they, they, they glommed into the establishment. Um, and I've covered this, I, I think that it's... Uh, you know, Christianity would then be subverted to by the, the Illuminati, which was a Catholic movement mostly, and which led to the French Revolution, which was against the Catholic power in, in France. And that, uh, you know, you have versions of this metastasizing across the globe. And look, I think that you and I are on the same page in, in our attempt to try to understand it and expose it. But I, I think that where I differ with you is that there is nothing inherently Jewish about this. This is a, it's in their enemies of God. They're enemies of the Torah and all the moral and ethical precepts that are, that embody the Torah. And that's the essence of Judaism. And that's the covenant of Judaism, the Mosaic covenant. These people are enemies. Well, even in the French Revolution, you had a prominent figure who had, uh, changed his name. His real name was Moses Drabrushka, mm -hmm. and he was a cousin of the people that you were speaking of, Jacob Frank, who believed that he had inherited the soul of Shabbatai Tzevi. Mm -hmm. yes. And he changed his name to Schoenfeld, and he was one of the prominent figures in the French Revolution. So again, there is a, there is a connection significant... There. You're right. You're right, and that that's the one Jew that I can find that's connected to that. But, but the point is, it was largely a um, inspired by the Jacobin clubs who I think, according to Abe Baruel, who was the author of the Origins of Jacobinism, and also um, 
Proofs of a Conspiracy by Professor Robeson in Scotland, that these secretive societies inside of Paris had a direct connection with the Illuminati and that um, even President George Washington acknowledged this in the letter that he wrote to someone that's in display at the Library of Congress, where he points out that there was concern that his lodge might have been infiltrated by the Illuminati, and he felt that it was not. But nevertheless, there was an awareness of this diabolical plan, and that Weissop did try to, and this is standard history in Europe. I mean, this isn't even, I know when I talk about it here, people think I'm, I'm a nut, and I no, everything you've just said, I agree with completely, and I have found to be factually correct based on my research. I wouldn't take exception to any of that. Well, well then what's the deal with But I would like to respond uh, to the other question in terms of the differentiations that you're making between Shabbatean Jews who worship Saturn and Judaism in general. There is certainly that schism. But it's like saying, if you're a Republican, that Democrats don't have the right to call themselves Americans. And if you're a Democrat, you're saying that Republicans don't have the right to call themselves Americans. So it becomes a semantical issue, which really isn't very interesting. The fact is that the Shabbatians were crypto-Jews and are crypto-Jews, and um, their god the reason why they turn against their God is not because they disbelieve in the same God that you believe in, but that they want to provoke that God into action through committing sins against that God. And they want to inspire that God to attack the Jewish people and create new order in the world by destroying uh, all governments, by causing an ingathering of Jewish people in Palestine, rebuilding the temple, and asserting their power over the entire earth. And I think it is a disservice to the truth to deny that there that is uh, related to Judaism, it is related to the Old Testament, it is related to the Torah, which uh, itself calls for the genocide of all the peoples living in Palestine for a world government, for the use of usury to gain uh, world hegemony, well, well, first of all, uh, found in the Torah itself, which you find to be a glorious document, but I do not. Yes, I do. Now, Christopher, first of all, I don't deny the fact that these people are Jewish. I didn't say that. They're bad Jews, but they're Jews. I mean, and, and it's a problem. It's a well, system. you said that they have renounced Judaism, and well, I take exception faith, to that. I as think a they have system. deliberately tried to do the opposite of Judaism for the specific purpose of fulfilling Judaism, which is a very significant distinction. Okay, thank you. No, they've, den they've denounced the faith, I would argue, and this is where we differ. They have denounced Jewish faith. They've denounced Jewish religion. They're still Jews, but they're very That's bad. That's not true. They are, they are staunch uh, Kabbalists, and they have denounced the Talmud, just as Jesus Christ denounced the scribes and Pharisees, and they find a strong affiliation with Christianity, which in some senses is the origins of Kabbalah. But there, the there are no Orthodox also. Jews who would say that Kabbalah is not Judaism. Well, Kabbalah is a way to study the Torah, and it's been misused by people who are not qualified to study it and who have misinterpreted it to mean different But again, things. you're speaking as a factionary. You are of one faction, and they would just say the same about you in reverse. No, I think that's so, understood in Judaism, that to study Kabbalah, you have to have a certain level of 
qualification, a certain you have sophistication. You to have a belly full of Talmud, according to right. Orthodox Talmud, Judaism. And also, you have to be a person of high character who is both in the world and also spiritually at a certain level, and you have to be. But the definitions of high character are not the standard definitions that Western civilization utilizes. Uh, the I Kabbalah teaches that. that only Jews are men, and that I Jewish souls that. differ from Gentile souls. No, I reject that. That is not considered high character in the that. other Abrahamic faiths. I reject that, and also as far as the Torah goes, well, it does I can not quote you the passages, and I can quote you the interpretations we'll, of the passages we'll by prominent I, Jews. I want to. I also want to respond to your comments about the Torah. The Torah specifically calls for the annihilation of very specific groups of people who existed 6,000 years ago and who were, for whatever reason— 6,000 or— Well, maybe, what is it, uh, five to 6,000 years? Excuse me? They still exist. No, they don't exist. The point is that these are people that God commanded the children of Israel at Sinai that uh, when they entered Canaan, they would have to If get they don't exist, then why did we have Rabbi Kahana calling for their extermination in the present day? I never heard Kahana call for anybody to be exterminated. I called for him to be people to be evicted. But putting that aside— Why is he utilizing—don't uh, change the subject. Why is he utilizing the Torah as a basis and foundation for that to be a holy mission of the Jewish people if those people don't exist? Well, first of all, Kahana was ex was kicked out of Israel. I mean, he's he's not doesn't represent. You're not answering my question. That what did he say? He that that he called for someone to be annihilated? No, I don't think he did. But he putting that aside, utilized the Torah and referred to Joshua chapter 23 to say that these people are thorns in our eyes and our sides and that they need to be expelled. So he was identifying mm -hmm. those people as the same people who are identified in the Torah as being the people who will be thorns in your eyes and in your sides if you don't annihilate them. Well, that's why Kahana was rejected and kicked out of Israel. That's not mainstream Judaism. That's, uh, you know, that's heresy. I mean, no one is well, saying... It, this is pointless because when I point out the Jews who are doing this and call, establish factually that these are Jewish people doing this, you simply disown them. That, no, that's no disowning them. Look, at Adolf Hitler was a Catholic. Does that mean that Catholics call for the Holocaust? I mean, look, the point is that in the Torah, but they we're talk, not talking me, about isolated the, individuals I, with I, ulterior we're motives. Talking we're talking about formal Jewish scholarship by the head rabbis of Judaism for thousands of years. No, this, this is not formal scholarship. This was Kahana, and that he was a outlier at best. Now, and I'm not saying he it's wasn't. It's not just Kahana. It was uh, Rabbi Joseph Ovidia, who was the chief Sephardic rabbi of Israel. Who called for the annihilation of people? I don't think so. No, he called for the enslavement of people. He said that if non-Jews want to live in Jews, then they have to do so as slaves. I, I'd have to see that. But the point is that the Torah getting back well, to Why this, isn't that shocking to you? It that, is shocking. This is and strange I'd have to, to me. I am very disturbed if that's true. The point is that... Well, it's people, also true that a million people attended the man's funeral. Right, and I'll have to see what so you're talking about. So this is mainstream Judaism. This is not some... I, uh, I understand uh, that. I'd have to see that he's called for somebody to be enslaved. I need to see that. The point is that 4,000, 5,000 years ago when Moses received the commands from God to annihilate very select people at a very specific time in history, because I don't really know why. I'm not a Torah expert. I believe it's because they were so evil, I guess, that God commanded that the children of Israel do this. They didn't want to do it. They didn't even accomplish it. 
but it applies to a time in history that is no longer If they did not accomplish it, what happened to those people? They were either killed or they were driven out of Canaan, is what happened to them. According to rabbinic legend, these were people who were giants, or they were people who had made it with, with, I don't know, it's like this whole bizarre thing around it. But the point is that... Uh, this is that getting is ridiculous. Not, that, they were not no, giants. They did they not, were not apply. Canonized. Whatever it was. Those are, those they were the, whatever it was. You okay. don't give a damn. You're a no, phony. I I'm ending what they were this. This is silly. This is just silly. They do not apply to anybody today. Hello?